Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Feel Better with Tara Styles. I'm Tara Styles, and welcome to the show. Yay! All right, we're in for a super special treat today. I'm having a conversation with my friend, my yoga pal, super intelligent, intellectual, superstar mom, law professor at Columbia in New York. My goodness, the list goes on and on and on. You'll see her giving advice and commentary on global economics and the state of world affairs when it comes to the middleman and consumerism and all kinds of things, finance and really mindfulness as well, which is such a cool topic to bring into this whole conversation. Kate Judge, Catherine Judge, her new book is called Direct, The Rise of the Middleman Economy and the Power of Going to the Source. Yes, going to the source. So Kate makes it easy and fun for kind of non-super intellectuals like myself to understand and gain power and knowledge in the choices that we can make to feel better and do better. Of course, I'm really excited about this topic for many reasons. I'm sure you share in so many of these reasons as well. And I hope you find great joy in this conversation as I have and great empowerment in her work to encourage us all to go a little bit more direct. So enjoy the conversation. Kate Judge, superstar. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you. Thanks for taking the time. And your new book, Direct, is genius. I'm diving in and learning so much. Can you explain a little bit of, of, I know you've been researching and diving into this world for over a decade, and thanks for making it so easy for a normal person like me to kind of understand this global stuff that you're diving into. So thank you. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's just been such a pleasure. I've loved listening to the podcast. So it just is an honor to be able to be part of this. Um, And yeah, I mean, the book is something I've been working on in many ways for a decade, though it really only came to fruition in the last couple of years. And it was one of those times where I really felt like I had the chance to marry everything I've been doing as an academic and as a professor uh, with my personal life, you know, and a lot of my work had been about intermediation. And that just sounds like such a scary topic, but it's about all those 
those middlemen that help connect us and, and help to, to connect us with the investments, help connect us with the things that, that we bring into our lives. And then a realization of the way that in the process of relying on them to help connect me to all of those things, uh, they were also creating a lot of separation and really leaving me fundamentally separated from even a appreciation of the people and the places behind the food that my family was eating, behind the clothes that we were wearing, and then using kind of the, the tools I had developed to understand what they do, to, to really say that, look, like alongside thinking about scale and, and globalization and these other big topics we've been thinking about, that understanding just the rise of middlemen and the structures, the, the really large middlemen and the complex supply chains are really key to, to understanding how our economy works and the, you know, the texture of our daily lives. Yeah, I'm really happy that you wrote this book for me because as, you know, I'm sure with a lot of people who listen are more similar to me in education and daily experience than you, where, you know, I'll get overwhelmed and feel like, of course, I want to go to the farmer's market, but Whole Foods and Walmart is right there. And then I look at the organic section and it's tiny and it's wrapped in plastic and I just get frustrated and, you know, same thing with clothing and all of these things. And I think you really break it down in an easy way for people like me not to feel like it's our fault that the world is how it is, but also in some simple ways that that we can we can help it. And a lot of your stories about the sickness from the hamburger at the family gathering coming from who knows where so many different animals put into that one hamburger and really just understanding how this all kind of came about, how we got to where we are. Yeah. And I think part of it is just understanding how this incrementally built up over time. And none of us really chose this system. But now that we're here, it's really important that we just take a step back individually, but also collectively and say, is this really how we want our economy to function? And like, what are the unanticipated costs? And I think we're starting to see that now. You know, I think all of the supply chain disruptions have helped us realize that, you know, like maybe this got us a lot of cheap goods, but there were a lot of vulnerabilities along the way. And as you said, I mean, there's a lot of complexity that really means there's just information we don't have about where these goods came from in ways that can be threatening to our health, threatening to the health of the environment. And then it is kind of thinking, both at an individual level, but also at a, at a community level and at a societal level of, of what we can do collectively to create more options. Because we all have that moment where, you know, like we are just, we are in, you and I are both working moms and we love what we do and we love our kids. And there's just, everything's a trade-off in terms of time. So, so I think finding like moments where you're going direct, where you're going to the farmer's market or a local bakery or you have those moments and those places in your life where you really do that, even if it's small, has really important consequences because it just reminds you that there is always somebody on the other side. There is always an impact. And then I think from that, starting to appreciate that like we need to work now if we want to have options in more areas of our lives. And so part of what the book is doing is showing, you know, there is real value and convenience in the rise of Walmart and Amazon. 
but they're only going to continue to grow in power. And it's only going to become more difficult to opt out unless we start thinking strategically early on about the types of policies that we can use to to create the infrastructure so we have more alternatives and it doesn't have to be so difficult every time we, you know, need to to buy new leggings for our girls and we don't want to have to, you know, jump on jump on Amazon to do it. Something that was in there that really pulled out on me was, you know, you're talking about politics and the policymakers and well-intentioned and all the funding that goes into raising money and how also it's so easy to feel powerless in, in that structure as well. And I remember my uncle Norm, who runs our family farm, and we had everybody over here last 4th of July. And he said, make sure you get, and I even forget the name of the brand, but he said, make sure you get this brand of beer because it's for the farmers. And I saw in your, I read in your book how, you know, there's all these I don't, I don't know if the word is correct, propaganda campaigns, but these kind of flashy images to misteach us how these things that are essentially not good for us are good for us and kind of educate us and these easy buzzwords like for the farmers and, and look, everything is good when it's really maybe not that simple. Is there a way to explain yeah. that kind of easier <laughs> for me? <laughs> no, I was going to say it. I, I think part of what you're doing, I mean, part of what the book really breaks down is part of how we got to where we are is we had the rise of these increasingly large middlemen. And just the scale at which they're doing things allows the process of production to become increasingly disaggregated and hyper-specialized to the point that you have node after node after node. So we're so separated. And then part of what makes that work is this veneer of standardization. So when you're talking about the farmer, like suddenly all of the wheat that they're growing is a commodity and they're having to sell it into this global market where there's nothing distinct about it. And I think fundamentally, we all know there's a sense of disconnection there. And that's why we suddenly have like on the back of all these cereal boxes and cracker boxes or beers, like these images of the farmer, when we know like 15 cents of the dollar that we're actually spending on those processed foods, if that is making it back to the farmer. But that's tapping into something that's deeper. And then the question is like how to see through kind of the marketing gimmicks that, Mm -hmm. that try to make us feel like there's a sense of connection to figuring out where there is an actual sense of connection. And, you know, breweries are a fun example where they are popping up all over the place. And you just have, you know, in every single state and a lot of communities, small local brewers. And so that really is a great opportunity uh, to really get to know kind of like the people who are creating something on a relatively small scale. And then, yeah, there's policy issues there as well in terms of making sure that they really have the ability to to get the distribution so people know what they're about. Oh my gosh. You know, when we first got this house here, I was really worried. The first thing Mike and I did was Google, where's the nearest farmer's market or a Whole Foods? And, you know, we're in this farming community, but there's no organic produce, of course. So I actually found one healthy market, but she carries a lot of products that you can also just buy on Amazon, like vitamins. The the produce really isn't there. But then I started finding there is a local brewery that actually my cousin's dating the girl whose family owns the farm for that. <laughs> so you start to find all these little ways, but, but you know, I'm no expert and it's, it's also just so 
hard and difficult to connect all these things. And I I love your book because I think it's going to make it more normal in a way and, and empower us to feel like it's okay to go and look for the the single person or the the one coffee shop. And we don't have to be kind of big anti-culture rebels in this way. It can be kind of a, a really responsible way to live. <laughs> and, and you can have fun just experimenting. I mean, the core idea of the book is just, we aren't taught to think about like through whom we buy things that much. You know, it's much more about what we buy. And I think that's part of how we've gotten the habit of trying to buy things with these like fair trade labels or organic and all of that is kind of good up to a point. But really kind of starting to understand like why through whom matters so much. And just like the real joys that can come when you start to strip away kind of some of those layers allows for experimentation, you know? And I do think, you know, there's a lot for policymakers, but a lot of it on an individual level is not feeling guilty when we're kind of opting for convenience, which Mm -hmm. we're all going to do at times. Like, I think part of that is really the role of policymakers to make it so like the cost of opting out of these really big middlemen is just not as big as it is. And that's the thing that we have to tackle collectively. But individually, it's about learning about ourselves and, you know, finding joy, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. I mean, I love kind of going to our little CSA into the farmer's market, but I also have friends who just don't cook, you know? (laughs) And so for them, you know, they've tried and they always feel like they should, but that's not going to be like their way in to connecting. Hmm. I love that the book is so much about connection and joy and literally feeling good, it really makes it really a lot more easy to focus and understand and really get interested in in the bigger issues, the policy and things like that. And I want to ask you because we met at yoga (laughs) and I know a lot of people here listening have some sort of practice. And I wanted to ask you how that part of your life and, and, and really the family and community part of your life integrates with everything that you're doing with your your work and your intellectual superstardom of all of that. And it's just so fascinating. It's like you're you're sitting there at yoga so calm and amazing. I'm like, no, she's like a superstar. <laughs> she's doing all these really cool things. So how does all of that kind of fit together for for you? Where to start? <laughs> Part of it is it is in having a practice. And I think for me, yoga and like particularly like strala is just this moving meditation, right? It's this opportunity to connect with our breath and with our bodies. And when you take that big step out that I think we start to see connections across areas. Uh, so, so for those who don't know, my full-time job is teaching at Columbia and most of my work has been in banking and financial mm. regulation. And it was after the 2008 financial crisis when I just saw so many friends that were unemployed that I was like, there has to be a way to create a more resilient financial system. And I really got interested in, well, how do we do that? And part of what you realize is we just had these incredibly large banks and there were some benefits they provided but it really allowed them to contort kind of the rules of the game in some self-serving ways. And then we also had these very long supply chains, you know, really enabled by securitization that, that just created complexity that once things started to not go the way we were supposed to, led to fragility and it led to rigidity and it really exacerbated the, the impact of this dysfunction in the, the financial system on the real economy. And part of what's really interesting is that I was sitting there 
you know, through my practice, through yoga and through meditation and connecting that with some of the challenges that I was finding just in my daily life as a mom, where I was really, you know, you want to do the right thing by the world and you feel like you're trying to, but as you said, it's just hard and it's exhausting. And, and I was realizing, you know, a lot of the ways that I'm in my daily life doing things that feel a little inconsistent with my values are in what I'm not seeing, right? So it's like when I make the effort to understand where something's coming from, that I can feel good about it. But oftentimes I'm in a rush and I wouldn't, I would prefer to pay a little more to really know that the environmental impact of, you know, the goods that I'm bringing to my life isn't harming kind of this, this planet we all share. I would love to know that the, the people who have been working so hard to create these goods have really been treated fairly in the process. And I suddenly became really attuned to just how often I don't know that. Hmm. And I started digging in to kind of the structure of, of, again, Amazon and Walmart looking a lot like J.P. Morgan and City, mm-hmm. and then seeing kind of these really long supply chains that didn't look that different. And I was like, first of all, they're going to be fragile in ways people <laughs> don't appreciate, you know, which, in, you know, when I first sold the book at the end of 2019 and early 2020, like people weren't thinking about, um, but also just the lack of accountability and the lack of understanding, you know, when we're kind of systematically blinded to the interconnections and the the ways that our actions really are affecting others, I think just helps to explain this, this disconnect many of us feel between kind of the values that we hold and the world that we're living in. And I do think my practice just helped me quiet down enough to start to see those connections. Oh. It's time that we stop flushing our forests. It's estimated that Americans flush over 10 million trees worth of toilet paper every year. And if you're using the conventional TP that comes wrapped in single-use plastic, odds are you're using tissue that is cutting down trees from North American old-growth forests. We can stop this with Real Paper, available online and now in most Target stores nationwide. Real Paper uses fast-growing bamboo instead of virgin tree fibers. This helps avoid problems like soil erosion, habitat loss, and most importantly, the massive release of stored carbon. I love how easy Real makes it to feel better and do better. I'm psyched. You can use the code Terra30 at realpaper.com slash Terra for 30% off your order. We've been using Real for a few years now and absolutely love it. No more flushing our forests. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It sounds so much like yoga to me and the way that you choose to do your practice too. I mean, I'm hearing Mike's voice in my head. Well, always, but like this time of, you know, I mean, you know him and a lot of people here know him, but 
he always says, you know, if you if you move with isolation and disconnection, that's what you're practicing. So then you leave the yoga studio and and you're kind of more likely to make worse choices. And I started kind of seeing that within thinking about not not saying different ways of exercise are better or worse than others, but really how you choose to do your practice. If you're moving with with ease, if you're being gentle on yourself, or if you're in an environment that supports that even better, if you're going for a run and you're panicked the whole time, you're more likely to, you know, stop and and even grab a green juice, but then throw it away in the trash and then run to the next meeting. <laughs> but if you're running with joy and ease, maybe you walk into that green juice establishment and talk to the person and that kind of sets up a much better interconnection of it all. And I think that's what's so cool about reading your book and also knowing you a little bit personally. I can kind of stargaze a little bit and and learn about the economics of it without feeling completely inadequate, but also make the connections in my own life about, you know, these simple choices that really we all can make. Yeah. And I think a lot of it does come down to just cultivating awareness and also just being attuned I mean, part of what you focus on is the way like the structure of our lives causes us to be disconnected from our own bodies. And I think the the point of the book is that the economic structures that that shape our daily lives cause us to be really disconnected from our inherent kind of interconnectedness uh, with other beings and with the planet. And, and we're not going to kind of flip a switch and change that overnight, but starting to slowly become more aware uh, with appreciation more than guilt mm. of of the of what it is we're not seeing and what it is you know at times we're being intentionally blinded to by by the structures that exist is the the first step to to helping to make more conscious choices that that serve us and very often in the process of serving us we're we're just better able to to serve others as well oh, so good I love the idea that you know, there's always a moment where you want to make a change. And we all have those moments kind of all the time. We were driving to the aquarium, which is about two hours from where we're living now to St. Louis. <laughs> and Mike's the driver, so he's on the road. And we're all noticing there's so many trucks. And we we're wondering, is is this is there more trucks? And I'm reading your book in the back on my phone. I'm like, Kate says there's more trucks. There's more trucks on the road. And, and that's you know, a problem just for us as a family, I would like not to be on a road with with so many trucks going everywhere. And maybe, you know, if we participate a little less in the businesses that bring one toothbrush to our house <laughs> at a time, <laughs> and we can go to, you know, a natural market and pick that up and and not opt in for that convenience for every moment, then maybe that's, you know, our breaking point in that way. But I love at the you know, your book kind of goes into that five principles, which, you know, really that draws me right in. What can I do? <laughs> How can I help? How can I help myself feel better? So so thank you for that. And is there a way to kind of um, illustrate for us here a little bit of those principles and and how we can kind of get started without feeling guilty or overwhelmed or, you know, all of the negative things? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think just as in yoga, like we start where we are, right? Yeah. So don't start with some version of like what you're supposed to look like or what your life is supposed to look like, but but start just where you are uh, with some acceptance and understanding and then start to think both where you can make shifts and it might just be kind of like, what is fun? What is a way of experimenting? 
where I can kind of go more directly to the source. I mean, so the core idea of the book is just that we're really disconnected from the source. And so how can we start to, to strip out layers? Uh, sometimes that means a farmer's market, but there's also really great platforms right now. I mean, you can go on to Etsy or Kickstarter, and it's not quite as direct, but it's moving meaningfully in that direction where we really are you know, working in a forum that allows for transparency and connection and for people's quirks to come through. So one is just kind of like finding what's fun for you. And the other is kind of being part of the systemic change, you know, being willing to to speak out. I think a lot of us kind of hesitate to do, but we are, I think, at a moment where we have to make really difficult collective decisions. And I think helping not just like your federal lawmakers, but like state and local lawmakers, like letting people know in your communities that it's really important that they make space for a farmer's market or maybe encouraging them to be more creative in creating a space for other types of craft fairs because that can be a really a a healthy way to to build community, but also to create opportunity uh, for both for people who are creating goods uh, and who might be interested in them. And then kind of thinking ahead, kind of big picture, well, what can we do as a country to create the infrastructure that just makes it easier to opt out? You know, I mean, I think one of the challenges now is, you know, a lot of the really big metal men just have their entire great logistics system with all their own trucks, you know, like we all see the Amazon truck kind of all over the place now. Like we need a post office that is really well functioning and ideally like subsidized, so that way, the small creators who are actually going online, you know, and through Shopify, creating their own system to, to connect with people virtually, have a way of following up that is easier for them to do. So it's both kind of the individual decisions that we're making and then thinking big picture. I love the post office. So we have our little apparel thing, but we have a helper that, you know, uh, thankfully, prints and ships and all of that, but they have their own struggles with the post office. And then I hear because we're, it's just me and Mike doing this right now. So, you know, it's, it's people from France emailing, oh, sorry to bother you. I know you're doing a yoga class right now, but I ordered these sweatpants two months ago. Are they coming? And then I check in there at customs, (laughs) that kind of a thing. So yes, for more post office. That's exactly what it is because people want to order directly from you. Like, they're like, okay, like we love Strala. We love the community. Like we want to be able to support it. But it's understandable that not everybody wants to, to wait too much. And part of it is all of us having to adjust our expectations. I mean, there's just this expectation of incredible speed and making it feel free when things are shipped to us. And so I think part of it is recognizing that like opting out is going to be a little more work on both sides. But that actually we can choose as a society to build the infrastructure that that makes it a little less costly. So it's not two months, you know, maybe it's a couple of weeks as opposed to two days, but that you should be able to get, you know, sweatpants to, to France in, in a reasonable period of time. And it just shouldn't be that much harder for you than it is for these incredibly big intermediaries. And I think that's that's part of the challenge is just like we have to use kind of antitrust and, and the other tools we have to balance out the system from the top. But I think there's also a real opportunity to be creative and to think about like, well, how do we create the systems? And we're already seeing it happen. I mean, the really inspiring thing is we are seeing it happen, but there's so much more to do to build the infrastructure from the bottom. So that way, if people really want to make a different choice, they they feel like they can. I love your 
writing about craft fairs saving the world. I, I love a good craft fair. We have some in, in this community too. We get all of our soaps from there. And it, it's so fun, you know, seeing Daisy go and talk to the person. And the business owner is always so excited to talk about how they make their soap. And we've bought honey from a local honey person. And it's such a great experience. And like you said, the book is so much about going direct brings connection and joy and really a sense of wholeness. You know, just reading your book inspires me to figure out when that craft fair is happening next and to figure out when can I go and get another, just like that yoga class, going to get that community experience, that direct experience of doing these things does feel better. And that, that makes a lot of sense about supporting the post office and figuring out who to vote for that supports the post office, I suppose, because that's something I didn't think of, which is, you know, it always feels like, I suppose, for myself and people like me that you're either on the fringe doing these things or you're just kind of turning a blind eye and going full uh, convenience and all of that. So it's it's kind of nice that your book exists now to to think about how we can do better and be better, but also we don't have to kind of miss out on participation in that way. We can get more in this way. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. And I think part of it, just the last point, going back to the five principles, is that there's a lot of benefits just from starting to pay attention to who the middlemen are in your lives and like how they make their money and realizing how often just an extra layer costs people. And I, and I think particularly at this moment when we're just appropriately kind of finally like reckoning with just how hierarchical and segregated our environments are of, of understanding also how we can kind of create new bridges. And so just two things on that. I mean, one of the areas I spend a little time looking at is just the the car market for, for auto loans. You know, most people actually finance vehicles and you can go to a bank directly, but actually 80% of the people don't go to a bank. Like they go to their auto dealer, right? And then that auto dealer works with that financing company But so suddenly you have like a couple layers there and neither of those is going to be like a feel good transaction environment. But the reality is that even allowing the car dealer to act as an extra layer brings significant additional costs. And really sadly, but not surprisingly, because of implicit and explicit bias that exists, you know, borrowers of color pay significantly more when they choose to go to that car dealer rather than going direct. So part of what's interesting as well is we look at auto loans, we look at housing, we look a lot of these areas where, you know, real estate agents and these other intermediaries have played such a big role. It really also exacerbates a lot of the the inequality and the, the segregation that we're seeing. So part of it is also understanding just how once we add intermediation in, it really helps us to, to just understand kind of so much of what we see in a different way. Oh, so... Fascinating. So from food to clothing to houses to cars, this is everything, how it touches everything. I just think it's just, it's it's a game changer. I mean, I read years ago uh, In Defense of Food by Michael Pollan when that came out. And to me, this feels as big as that, but for everything. And you said earlier, I didn't know that, that you were writing this book and you sold it in 2019, but I, this, the time is now. So, you know, you must have the, the good luck on your side for this. So we're all kind of thinking about these things anyway. So is, is, did that kind of come into play when you were putting the finishing touches on it or anything, or it was just kind of here and the, the timing is right? 
I was gonna say, hopefully, it always felt like you wanted to get it out earlier, but this is always such a process, as you know, uh, particularly when you're juggling everything else that kind of like life throws at you. But I do actually think it's a it's a good time because I think as we are, you know, in that period of of having to make more conscious choices about what we want, our late stage pandemic, I don't know what we're calling it. I mean, we're certainly not post pandemic, <laughs> but we're, you know, we're well past the height. And I do think, you know, in terms of where we're living, in terms of what our look, work life looks like, like there's a lot of of stepping back and, and looking at the choices that we've made in the past and realizing that we can make different choices and that they affect us and they affect our world, they affect our families. And so I do think part of the book is just meant to be a resource as people are in that process of navigating kind of the choices that we're all making over kind of just how does this actually work? And, and what are the trade-offs that I'm just not seeing, but where maybe I'm paying prices that I don't realize, either like an actual price tag that's, you know, inflated in ways that it doesn't need to be, or a, a personal price in terms of the quality of life I'm living or the quality of life others are living. And, and starting to kind of see these, these infrastructures, like the, the bones that kind of lie mm-hmm. under under everything that we don't observe directly, but, you know, bringing in that x-ray and like seeing how it all fits together just helps, I think, hopefully everyone start to to just make choices that really suit them better and, and to understand, you know, where we're at at this moment. Oh, so eloquent. I love the idea of anatomy because that makes sense to me. It really does feel like <laughs> that. You're kind of peeling off the layers of what's going on and where are the trucks going and how is this ruining their life and why is it not good for me either? And it's so empowering, you know, obviously the more you know, but you really do make it easy to understand from an individual level and also from a a larger kind of structural level, which for me can be intimidating to just tackle and understand. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much (laughs) for just for reading it and for engaging. It's, It's always so much fun. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So it's called Direct. And, and when when does the book come out? So the book comes out June 7th. You can pre-order it now. Bookshop.org, go to your local bookstore. And of course, all of the other big players as well. There's a great piece recently about how Barnes & Noble is now kind of like the champion of, <laughs> of, of the book economy. So, you know, like, like choose where you want to go. But it is available now. And, and it really would mean just it's so much to, to hear from people as they're kind of exploring it as well. Like what resonates and what works for them. It's so cool. I'm I'm going to buy some copies and hand them out to family members that I have these conversations with of, you know, before reading your book, a little bit more uneducated about why I don't want to shop all the time at Walmart, just seeing the, the one stalk abruptly that's only available, but it's also organic, but it's wrapped in plastic. So there's so many <laughs> different things that I don't want to do, but it's right there. So yeah, it's a, it's pretty cool also to separate this idea that living in a more mindful way doesn't need to be fancy or elitist in this way. It, you know, there's all this rightful talk about wellness practices being for, you know, kind of not democratized in a nice way. And I think you do a really great job in explaining how this is for everybody and something, no matter who you are and where you live, you can participate in a really active way and and make your own life and the lives of people around you even better. So it's a super positive book. Thank you. I see it as a self-help book. (laughs) (laughs) I like that as well. (laughs) 
<laughs> something for everyone. Something for everyone. My gosh. And you'll be on, uh, you know, on your, uh, you, you can go on katherinejudge.com. Is that, that's your website? I think yeah, that, it is. It I was going to say my newly created website. I love it. Oh, I love watching all of your appearances on these very fancy shows, about, you know, talking about the finances, all of this on Forbes and, you know, CNN and all of these kinds of cool things. So, you know, if you want to go and watch her appearances or just turn on your local television and hear Catherine explain <laughs> all of this from an economic point of view, it's also cool. <laughs> I mean, that's part of what's interesting right now is, yeah, I mean, the Fed is really struggling with all of this. I think we all are. And the war in Ukraine is is bringing it to head again of just realizing like we made choices that we didn't realize we were making in terms of creating vulnerabilities that makes it just so much harder, not just for us individually, but for us as a country to to live up to the to what we want to live up to in terms of our, our core values. And so I do think it's a, it is an important moment, I think, of reckoning and reconsidering what we didn't realize were the choices we're making and, and that are now being kind of laid bare. Well, I think direct can bring us back to this wholeness. We can all do this. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> You're the best. We'll see you soon, I hope. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Hopefully I'll see you everybody on Saturday mornings. <laughs> Always like my favorite classes. Uh, the one time I can squeeze in actually oh. with a, the community practice. So I can't wait. Okay, we'll see you soon. See you on Saturday. How cool is Kate Judge, you all? My goodness. So amazing. I have purchased a copy of Direct for myself because I got to have one in my own library. I'm going to have her sign it the next time I see her, my goodness. And I'm purchasing copies for friends and family. And I would encourage you to do the same. What a wonderful, empowering read. So you can check out more on Kate at katherinejudge.com. You can grab a copy of her book, Direct. It comes out in June, but you can pre-order in all the usual places. And most importantly, I hope you feel empowered from this conversation to go more direct for your own joy, your own sense of connection and community, and to really see how that affects the world around you. So big hug, lots of love, and see you soon. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.